0: Spotify makes you pay for song lyrics, and Apple faces five big challenges. Maybe this is Mac Voices. Today's edition of Mac Voices is supported by the Mac Voices Dispatch, our weekly newsletter that keeps you up with everything Mac Voices is doing, from our published episodes to Chuck's other appearances to special events and more. Subscribe at MacVoices.com/newsletter and stay fully informed so you don't miss a thing. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. The Mac Voices Live panel takes a look at Spotify's most recent money-making move, putting lyrics behind their paywall. Then we take a look at Apple's five biggest challenges. But are they really five big challenges? Let's go back and let the panel do the talking. The chat room is quiet tonight. So, folks, if you're in there and you have th- thoughts, um, we'd love to hear them. Uh, the next thing on my agenda, this this is not, I want to be very clear here, I'm not picking on anybody, Spotify, um, but I thought this was an interesting twist, that they apparently are taking the lyrics out, of the free feeds or the free options and putting it behind you know their their paid accounts. And you know initially it's like okay well you're why would you do this? Because I can do just a quick google search on the web and find the lyrics for pretty much anything. But it's not going to be integrated into the product in the same way like it is in Apple Music and now it won't be in Spotify. Does this seem like a, a good move? And does this make any difference to anyone?
1: <laughs> I I completely understand it. Um, for one, every time someone views those lyrics, uh, they do have to to uh, pay either BMI or ASCAP. Since really? The, Just for the yeah. lyrics? Yes, for the lyrics, since they are copyrighted material.
0: So if I look them up on lyricsourus.com that's a made up one folks. But if, yeah. I, if if I go are they are they having to do the same thing?
1: In mo- most likely if they're still around, yes. Uh the unions had gone pretty hardcore into sites that were reprinting the lyrics without permission. Hmm.
0: I'm trying hey. now it's now yeah. it's terrible. I'm try, I'm trying to think of the implementation on Apple Music. I guess I can go in and look at lyrics without listening to the song.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh Apple would have definitely paid the songwriters unions for those. Uh yeah for, for that to happen.
2: When I was reading the story, I, I didn't I thought it was probably a good move actually by Spotify, because you know. Yeah, they, they haven't been making a lot of money and they have so many mm-hmm. free users that are listening. I'm assuming with ads, uh, Apple music doesn't have a free tier, you know, it's, it's always paid. Um, the article did mention that if you had like, a, am guessing like the, you know, week free trial, that type of thing that, um, even that didn't have the lyrics though. And that kind of surprised me because on Apple music, you know, you kind of get everything when you get the free trial,
0: where I, where, where I wanted to take this conversation, though, is, so this is a way of adding value to the premium version mm-hmm. by taking away from the free version, as opposed to giving you something extra for the paid version.
2: I wouldn't necessarily say give you something, but maybe differentiate the two yeah. products.
1: Yeah. I mean, they devalued their own brand right off the bat. Well,
0: thank you, Ben. That's the word I'm looking for. Devalued. They devalued mm-hmm. the free version a little bit, and and you can get it back. I mean, it's not that like mm-hmm. they eliminated it. You can get it back if you pay for it. But I just thought that's an interesting approach. That you know, you're starting to slice it that thin. That this is the way of differentiating your paid product. That you're going to mm-hmm. you're going to move a feature to that. Now I know. Uh- that before. Before, hey Jim, do, uh, let me do this and then you. And I know somebody's going to throw it at it, throw it at me. That well, Apple doesn't do a free tier anymore, or Apple does never had a free tier, or Apple's no longer doing the lengthy free trials. And, and you're right, but those were trials, and so I see it as a little different, Jim.
3: Well, I was going to say, as Ben was saying, that they got to pay. You know, they're not making money, so probably a cost-cutting move. Like, why should we be spending money for on these customers that aren't giving us any money? Yep. Of course, they are spending money anyway on them, but I guess there's ads in the free tier. I never use Spotify, so yeah, they are making either. some money. Right? There's ads? Is that right?
2: I think they have a tier that's free with ads. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: So I guess they're making they are making money, but you
1: know I don't know. Yeah, but when you when the the free version is too good, nobody's going to pay for the premium version.
3: And you know, I know my brother's a musician; he hates Spotify. I mean, really hates them. Mm-hmm. So, um, Brian,
0: uh, um, uh, oh sorry, Jim go.
3: I say the amount of money that he gets as an artist from Spotify is like almost like 1/100th of what he gets from Apple Music from per play.
0: Mm-hmm. Brian you br- just brought up uh, an Amazon development.
2: Yeah, this I thought it was maybe like 6 months ago, but I think it was a little longer. Uh I think the articles from November of 2022 when amazon made changes to their streaming music as well um they they had a they have a i think a, a few different tiers one i think is completely free uh one with ads one is uh, included when you have uh, prime and then there's a a higher tier from that and the the tier that included um prime you were previously it, it was less songs i think it was if I'm not mistaken, I think it was 2 million instead of 100 million. But you were able to select of those 2 million specific songs that you wanted to hear. Um, Then they changed it in November of 22. Uh, They increased it to 98 million songs, I think they had. But um, I guess you can no longer choose what song. Maybe you can start with one and then it pick something similar to it afterwards, that type of thing, Um, if I remember correctly. Um, So. So it seems like, you know it, you know, it looks like, you know, Spotify followed devaluing their product, Amazon kind of did earlier. Uh, in a way, maybe it's kind of like inflation, you know, or, or shrinkflation, you know, you go to the store, you're not paying any extra for the products, but instead of it being a 16 ounce box of snacks, it's a 14 ounce box of snacks for the same price as 16 ounces. So it's kind of like that same idea, I guess. Yeah, good
0: point. My experience with Amazon, the Amazon Prime tier was always interesting because I tried it for a little while. Well, I have Prime, so sure, Uh I'll take a shot at it. Uh And the experience was I'd ask it to play an artist. It, It would not let me pick a song, but it would let me pick an artist. And it was undoubtedly the artist, but the track was so deep that half the time I could never find it in anywhere else. I don't know where they were pulling this stuff from, and and some of it wasn't bad by any means. It's just like okay, you know, you're playing this track by, I'm 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 not even going to say because I don't remember the artist, but it happened a number of times where it's like wow, I've never heard this, and I'm a fan of this artist. I think I own all their music, and or or have you know, subscribed to it in on in Apple Music, and here's something that I've never heard before. So. Yeah. I, but then you couldn't I, find the things that you wanted to hear from that artist either
3: i i found amazon yeah unless you pay for the amazon unlimited M- music unlimited service as the extra their their catalog is very limited there's not i mean yeah you you, you say any particular artist i've tried it many times and i was like okay this doesn't work and then i've got youtube music as mm-hmm. well as apple music and yeah, I mean obviously because I'm a paid customer for both of those services, it's just gonna be a drastic difference. I, I just never thought that Amazon has done a great job with music, in my opinion. Um yeah. from, from that from that end.
1: Yeah, you say you want Molly Crew, you're gonna get the stuff of Karabi.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I like the stuff with Karabi. <laughs> it, it's good, but I mean, most people are expecting Vince Neal when they hear the name Molly Crew.
0: That's true. That's true. The fact that Harabi did three albums and you still expect to hear Vince Neil is interesting. Sorry, little little rock and roll discussion there. <laughs> um, so, the this, the the big story of the evening. I'm I'm taking from Ken Ray called this one to my attention on uh, Mac OS Ken today, um, and he he provided his input. This is these are five top risks to Apple stock ahead of the September iPhone 15 event, according to Goldman Sachs. And I really want this this crew's opinions because I felt like most of these were there might have been one, maybe two that are Apple specific, but the rest just Mm -hmm. seems like this could be said about any anything Mm -hmm. going into the fall. And into the economic times that we seem to be steering through right now.
1: Yeah, now, yeah. Number three. Number three is particularly interesting when they're also talking about uh, Apple leap for, leaping ahead of Samsung to be the number one device maker.
3: Yeah, that's worldwide. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and that's that one is enti- number three is titled "Intensifying Competition." Yeah. So is it. I mean, is the competition any more intense now all of a sudden than anywhere else? Or is it because that Apple has had that success that the competition is seen as intensifying?
1: I don't know. It just, it just seems like a copy and paste
2: list. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was.
0: Well, number four, the regulatory risks. I, I think that's a fair one, given everything that we've talked about here that's mm-hmm. going on in the, in the EU. Um, and also, you know, some of the things even here in the U S that Apple's fighting the battles over the app store exclusivity and all, Mm -hmm. I think that's a very fair one. I'm not sure it's new and I'm not Mm -hmm. sure it has anything to do with, with the iPhone 15, but I think that's a very fair concern.
4: Absolutely.
3: But all of this is like to, you know, well, Apple might make a trillion dollars or they might make 1.1 trillion dollars yeah bottom line they're going to make a trillion
0: dollars um number two is supply chain disruption and again that seems like that could be you know maybe technically apple as a technology company might be Mm -hmm. a little more subject to it than if you were making shoes maybe not i don't know i don't pay that much attention to shoe manufacturing but that actually
3: seems like it's copy that That point seems like it's copy and pasted from a year ago.
5: Yeah, and and Apple's been really, really good at at managing the supply chain. Even a year ago, Mm -hmm. when we were talking about uh, some of the new iPhones were going to be hard to get, and they were able to fulfill. Maybe not as quickly as we'd all hoped, but uh, the the early adopters, first ones to sign on, are always uh, could be two, three, five weeks out from getting their product once they ordered, depending on how how quickly the demand is but i think they've been really good and really that's where um tim cook came from was the supply chain uh organization skills right. um, and i i think mm-hmm. they're really good at it now i think they have a tendency to spend a lot of money up front uh buying out uh every you know so-and-so's capacity on on sony's cameras for example or somebody's uh nano chips or something like that but they're really good about that um I thought it was interesting on this article to go back, and I'm not saying there's a cause and effect here. Um, but remember, it was Goldman Sachs that, that allegedly lost a billion dollars plus with their relationship with Apple on the consumer credit side. Um, so I, I, I think there's some some corporate angst here, to a certain extent. I'm not saying it, it's dramatic. I'm not saying that it's this is a, a a kill piece or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. But but there, there is a uh, um, some could say, well, there's two different divisions. It's like Samsung. Uh that they, they, they hate Apple's iPhone and they supply parts to Apple's iPhone at the same time. So there there's multiple divisions here. But mm-hmm. uh I, I thought it was interesting that uh the supply chain, I think they're good at managing it. Uh everyone's it is uh uh um a level playing field sometimes, but I think they get on top of it as quickly as they can.
2: You know, oh. I okay.
3: I was going to say the art the headline at least on, on this Business Insider. I don't know what Goldman Sachs, but the headline is risk. It's not risk to Apple. It's risk to Apple stock, and you know, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. newsflash: Apple stock might not go up, 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 and never down. Yeah, you know, that that's that's true.
4: But and they still already, have a.
3: Tar- it's yeah. already really really high. Um. You know, so it it you know it's not going to always go up. So,
5: and Goldman still has a buy rating on it. They have a target on it two dollars or two hundred twenty two dollars a share. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah. I'm not worried about Apple going broke this month. Yeah,
0: Glad <laughs> to hear it, <laughs> um, Brian. You wanted in?
2: Yeah, I was just thinking of uh, the article that we discussed last week and how this is a bit of a like a companion piece to it in the sense that I, I think there was a lot of stress on how Apple and how much revenue is coming from service industry, part of or their services, rather, for mm-hmm. um, for um, the company. And when you look at some of these these concerns, um, some of that is sometimes balanced a little bit by some of the, the services, especially even Apple. I'm just thinking how Apple has even gotten into more subscription-type services besides, you know, you've got Apple... TV Plus, and you know, of course, there's the strike going on, and you know, the worry of the pipeline there a little bit, I guess. But then you're, you know, if people are reoccurring, uh, Apple One service, uh, iCloud, paying for that on a monthly basis, things of that nature. Um, but even uh, what were the um, the professional apps that now have the um, subscriptions now too? Uh, was it Final Cut and
3: well for iPad, the Mac yeah. version still don't.
2: Right, but maybe just you know starting to dabble into those types of things too. But yeah, I, don't can't, know, just, I can't believe yeah. I can't believe
3: they don't mention that they're not going to sell le- a leather stuff anymore. That's it seems like a real risk.
2: Yeah, just slash the prices in half now. Yeah, <laughs> going out of <laughs> going out of business sale.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Eric, uh, yeah, um, the Apple's been doing a really good job of giving customers who are not able or are quite willing to upgrade products yet, the opportunity to continue to pay Apple for not upgrading. And it's it's a revenue stream they never really took advantage of before, but being able to say, oh yes, I hit the third year or the second year or whatever on my device, and I no longer have AppleCare, but I can't upgrade, oh, yeah, just check this box. And then every month we will bill you to keep your AppleCare going for as many months as you need going Mm -hmm. forward. And, you know, at the end of it, then they turn around and buy a new product, take their other products and give it or sell it or trade it in. And then Apple can turn that around, sell that product. They've got new AppleCare, but the revenue stream just keeps going on a subscription basis, whether they pay for it all up front and then add at the end, whether they switch it to a month by month kind of thing. uh, It just, it's it's been a whole lot smoother. And I, 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 you know, it it means that every customer they have, they can continue to have something coming in no matter what their current financial situation is. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that, that's just been a really brilliant move on Apple's part.
1: Yeah. I mean, if there's any risks, especially towards sales, it's that um with uh phones as old as the twelve the iPhone twelve being still incredibly relevant, we're nobody's entirely sure of what the upgrade cycle is right now
0: And nobody's going to know what the upgrade cycle is even uh, right now I, at least for me obviously the features are a question the the cost is a question mm-hmm. exactly which models are going to be at what price points is a question but until you know some of those things and then and then start factoring in the economic conditions mm-hmm. I, I i seriously doubt there's anybody out there that has an iphone that's going to say you know what i really don't want a new one it's going to be can i afford it does it make financial sense does it make feature sense so, I, I always think that the the whole upgrade cycle thing is is kind of bogus because I, I don't know how you how you evaluate what percentage of the market says I can't wait for that new Periscope lens, or I can't wait to have that the the OLED screen, mm-hmm. or you know whatever the next improvement's going to be.
5: Well, have- uh, yeah, yeah, a, a couple of things. Um, I I want to get to uh, some of the comments that Mark Gurman made in in his uh, uh, weekly newsletter on Sunday. But but first of all, um, you know, one of the things that that we're supposedly getting ready to to transfer over to is from the the lightning cable over to USB C. And I think that if Apple really had their druthers, they would have stayed with the lightning cable because that was their proprietary system. And, and of course the European union, among others, but mainly European union was forcing them to go universal. Um, I think one of the things that, that, that is a sidelight of that is that uh, um, I wonder how this made for iPhone labeling system that I think Apple probably makes millions of dollars giving that certification mm-hmm. to uh different third party vendors um how that's going to react under the USB-C world now maybe they'll have uh uh some um uh, circuit in the new USB-C uh cables that will increase their throughput speed their data transfer speed maybe they'll do something like that if they can i'm not sure if they can or not i'm going to assume that they can um but uh i i thought it was interesting that that uh how uh uh, this transfer to USB-C, the the long-term effects of getting away from from Apple's proprietary Lightning cable, which uh, um, they like. I didn't have a problem with. Um, it, it's interesting too that that you're going to have the same uh, cable interface across the entire product line now, between the the iPhones and then the iPads and, and to the Macs or at least the MacBooks themselves, um, uh, it it does lend some commonality to it. And it gets away from the proprietary circuitry that that Apple had with the lightning cable. The other thing that I thought was interesting, let's see, the licensing revenue, that was it, um, and the the ecosystem. why don't we just leave it there? I, I, I think that there's a, a huge downstream um, uh, PR, I don't want to call it a hit, but there's some public relations uh, uh, issue that they're going to have to face. And I don't mean this year, I don't mean next year, but maybe further on down the line. Uh, I think when, when we first started talking about uh, going to Lightning, I think it was Jim Ray who talked about what if there's somebody that comes out with a, a better technology um, on data transfer or connectivity of some kind, and we're, we're we're stuck with staying with USB-C, and that was the problem with the the EU and the regulatory environment uh, mandating what, what uh, uh, the interface is going to be on the computer. I thought that was really well said, Jim. Your your point about the 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 uh...
0: MyFi certificate or the excuse me, the Apple certification for the cables is interesting, Web, because we've had discussions here about what a mess USB-C cables and Thunderbolt cables are. Yeah. And from a charging standpoint, from a data trans- transfer standpoint, I mean, I, I if it doesn't matter to you, then by all means go to the drugstore and buy one of those lightning cables that's sitting there next to the checkout counter and you know take your chance. As to whether you're, you know, you fry your phone or not, but if you want top performing charging, top performing data transfer, and all of that, then maybe there is still room for a certified cable that comes from Apple. Just like there's, uh, th- th- there are certain cable manufacturers out there right now. OWC jumps to mind. That you know, yes, it's more expensive, but you are guaranteed to have full charge capability, full throughput cap- capability, and so in some ways it's just easier to spend those few extra dollars and say now I know my cable is a safe and b performing at at the best level it can. Yeah, so yeah.
1: and there's also non-MFI Lightning cables out there.
2: Sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, if we're switching for to USB C, there will only be one product left with Lightning, and that's the Apple Mouse. The great yeah. design of the charging port on the bottom.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you know. So, so will we see a new mouse at, uh, next week if yeah, if maybe. this if this all happens?
1: I don't know.
3: Isn't when... there a pencil that uses light lightning? Yeah. The first generation yeah, the first, pencil. Yeah, first gen, yeah the which first they gun, still right. sell,
2: right? Because doesn't that connect with the uh, the basic iPad? Is it they they use a Pencil one, mm-hmm.
3: is pencil two. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. That's right. Yeah. The ninth gen iPad,
2: which is still being sold.
3: Yeah. Webb, I wanted
0: to, to especially, though, ask you to comment on number five on the list the capital allocation. Because this seemed, I, I, I don't know what to make of this. I mean, I've never heard of any restrictions on share repurchases. And as Mark Fuccio has pointed out here, share repurchases are hardly ever discussed on the earnings call or after the earnings call. Excuse me, after the earnings call because they're just not sexy, and so you know they just happen and that's it. But any thoughts on, on number five and everything there that is the the dark clouds are trying to uh, to put on capital allocation.
5: You know, they, <clears throat> excuse me. They made the the comment here. The last sentence of the first uh, paragraph uh, has a history of Apple repurchases, which could prove to be dilutive or come under deeper regulatory scrutiny. Um, normally, stock repurchases uh, tend to be accretive and not not dilutive. Um, uh, you, you're lowering the base, and that means a, a greater per share value. Um, so that's. Uh, uh, the, i i didn't quite agree with that the regulatory scrutiny um yeah someone Apple could want to go out and buy someone, and the federal trade Commission says no that's uh, you're restricting trade um that that could always happen um look at Microsoft and uh uh the the game company and and trying to get that through in the Great Britain right now is an example of that um let see, despite the risks, Ning pointed out that Apple's strong brand loyalty, evidenced by its massive installed base, more than 1 billion iPhone users should help power continued revenue growth. Think about this for a second. So there, there. It, give me this, there's a billion iPhone users out there. And we're going to go to a new iPhone upgrade cycle. What do we consider successful? If they have a 10% upgrade uh audience that's a what a million phones that's not bad i don't think apple's looking for all billion people to upgrade all at once Mm -hmm. i don't think they could handle it but uh uh, i think that there's a cycle to it um there there are certain people like me and and, uh, two of you that are on here that i know of they're on the the upgrade program so we'll probably get a order a new iphone next week anyway um uh but uh um what, how do we measure success? How do we measure if the iPhone 15 is a success or not? Because a lot of people are saying that, you know, they're they're losing revenue and they're losing their audience and so on and so forth. What What's the measure of success? And I, I'm not sure what that is. I think if they sell a million or two million iPhones uh, in the first uh, two quarters of their fiscal year, I would say that's not a failure. Okay, uh, but if they don't sell all billion, does that mean that they failed? I, I think that's a little, little much of a stretch. I, I I think Apple's probably has a plan. They have their own definition what success is going to be. I think mm-hmm. I think they will succeed. Uh, I think they'll be very happy with with however many iPhone 15s that they sell.
1: Yeah, but honestly, most earnings calls and analysts. And stock prices aren't based, well, or should I say just the stock prices aren't based on Apple's metrics. It's basically based on what the analysts think they should get.
5: And it's also based strictly on gap accounting, too. So,
1: Yeah.
0: And, and how do you know what Apple should get with the current economic conditions that we have? and all of the uncertainty surrounding pretty much everything.
1: And that's the problem. It's all highly subjective.
0: The Mac Voices Live panel is back next time to finish up our conversation about the challenges facing Apple. Then we turn our attention to Threads and whether it is thriving or not and how you define the minimum viable product and whether Threads launch met that definition. That and more, all next time on Mac Voices. I'm Chuck Joyner. I'll see you then. Thanks for watching. Visit MacVoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page, and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at Patreon.com/MacVoices